say really big with me. Really big. Really, really big. Like a really big, you know that when they say it's a really big show, it's gonna be a really big, whatever he's gonna do, you can turn it off now, sweetie. Mm -hmm. That can be turned off now. What? Behind you. Yeah. Praise God. Okay. Well, welcome to 2014. It's the fifth day. I hope you got your Christmas. <laughs> Finish for next year. At least a list of things you want to get for Christmas because it's right around the corner. Okay. Okay, we'll start off with a nugget this morning. God cannot do anything in your future. This is the nugget. God cannot do anything in your future if we do not take care of our present situation or our presence. Amen. If we do not take care of our presence. Okay. So think about that. And if you're looking for a title for this morning's uh, message, remain steadfast. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks Thank as you, we look Father. to your word that you open our eyes of our understanding, Father God, to the greater value, Father God, that would be put forth, Father. We're asking, Father God, as we receive, Father God, we will be able to put it into action in our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If there, anything, uh, if there should be any theme for this year of 2014, it should be, for the believer, steadfastness. Uh, the world as we know it is in total confusion. You can tell that. With darkness prevailing and lurking about to engulf the Christians who are not secure in the Lord. It says the very, the word says that even the very elect should be deceived. And so those that are not secure in the Lord are going to be deceived. And it's already taking place in, in numerous areas of some Christians' lives, and we need to wake up to it. So if you'll turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 10. That's Proverbs chapter 10. We're going to look at the very first portion of this uh, verse. That's Proverbs chapter 10, looking at verse 30 uh, from the King James. The righteous shall never be removed. And from the Amplified, the consistently righteous shall never be removed. So we have to be consistent or we have to be steadfast. As believers, we must secure and guard our hearts from the wiles of the enemy. Uh, looking to the word, acknowledging the word, following and obeying the word will lead us to victory. The word steadfast. Now... Let's back up to the Psalm 78. That's Psalm 78. We'll read the whole thing. Uh, not all of Psalm 78, but uh, <laughs> verse 8. We'll read the whole thing. That's uh, Psalm 78 and verse 8. And might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. We have to be steadfast with God, it tells us. Okay, and the Strong's Concordance, um, it's number 539. And this is what steadfast means. To be firm. To be enduring. Trusting. Reliable. Faithful, like a pillar. One more time. To be firm, enduring, trusting, reliable, faithful, 
like a pillar. Now, if we'll turn to 1 Corinthians, we're going to look at steadfast in the New Testament. That's 1 Corinthians, and we will go to the 7th chapter. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And we will look at verse 37. That's 1 Corinthians 7, 37. Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but hath power over his own will, and hath also decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin, doeth well. So we see here, you have to be steadfast in your heart. Okay, here, this steadfast is 1476 in your Strong's. It means to be immovable and settled. So put, in all, the, put all those steadfast uh, definitions. Be firm, enduring, trust, reliable, faithful, like a pillar, immovable, and you're settled. And this is what we need to be on God's word if we're going to be steadfast in, in the word. Now, turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. Do you have anything there yet? No. Hmm? Matthew chapter 16. We will look at verse 18. That's Matthew chapter 16. Verse 18, and I say unto, you, unto thee, Jesus is speaking, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, we should always keep this in mind. And in the forefront of our, our thinking, that we are on the winning side. And as we stand with and on God's word, all that Satan throws at us will not prevail in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So let's look at a couple of uh, familiar scriptures. Can you read that Amplified, or do you want me to? I already moved past it. You want to read it from the Amplified? Yeah. She's going to read it from the Amplified. That's uh, um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 from the Amplified. It reads uh, thus. And I tell you, you are Peter Petros, a large piece of rock. On this rock, Petra, a huge rock like Gibraltar, I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven and whatever you loose declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Then he strictly and sternly charged and warned the disciples to tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. So this is so powerful. We have such a rock that, we, that we're standing on and all the power in the world is given to us through, through that rock, Jesus. Amen. Now we're going to go to a familiar scripture back in Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah chapter 29. And anybody know what verse we're going to be looking at? Yeah. 11. Thank you. You're paying attention out there. Jeremiah chapter 29, looking at verse 11. For I know your thought, God is speaking. I know your thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. We found out that expected end means a reward. So glory to God. The life of a believer is dynamic. Amen. Great things are going to take place. Okay, then in Jeremiah chapter 31, 
you know, um, again from verse 17, we looked at this uh, a couple of weeks ago. That's Jeremiah 31, verse 17. And there is hope in thy end, saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own borders. And glory to God. Hallelujah. Not only for yourselves, but your for those that have children, there's going to be a reward for them. A good reward. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You have something? Um, in Jeremiah? Which one? I, I want, this is for somebody here. Okay, listen up. I'm just going to share this part of the scripture. And um, it's verse 29, 14. And I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will release you from captivity. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will release you from captivity. There are three people here that God is saying that to this morning. You will be released from captivity. In other words, the thing that the enemy has tried to keep you captured in or involved in or harassed in or whatever, today you are released from that captivity in the spirit realm. Highlighted. You know who you are. Hallelujah. Whether it's here or up in north, north country. It's in this one. Okay, here. Okay. Okay. I mean, there could be some up there, but it's in here. In 11, it says, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. We heard about this in the early class. It says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace. So his thoughts are plans for welfare and peace and not for evil to give you hope to give you hope in your final outcoming. So this is a year of hope and your final outcoming. So any thoughts that come to you that do not bring you hope are from the enemy and you need to deal with them immediately. Hallelujah. Somebody could say something to you and they don't even realize they've said it but it can literally sometimes make you want to crumble and give up. That is not from God, it's from the enemy. And knock it off, flip it, flick it off your shoulder or your wherever, and say, I'm moving on and just shut up. Amen. But that, that, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will release you from captivity. That is for you today. You are being re you've been released from captivity today. Hallelujah. Could be in your body, could be in your mind, whatever, financial, whatever. You've been released. Released to a dynamic life. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Philippians. That's the book of Philippians. A book of joy. Amen. Book of Philippians chapter 1. And verse 7. Did you do Jeremiah 31, 17? Mm -hmm. That's Philippians chapter 1. And looking at verse 7. Even as it meet for me to think of this of you all, because I have in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in defense of confirmation of the gospel, ye are partakers of my grace. We are partakers. There's another spot that says, we are partakers with Christ Jesus. Co-laborers. Glory to God. Another place that says, you are a companion with God. We sang the song. I am a friend of God to be a companion be a friend of God, you have to be a companion. Glory to God. That is so powerful when he says, I have you in my heart. I have you in my heart. 
I like verse 6, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, there's sometimes you feel like, God, I'm not getting very far. Well, that's not what this word says. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Start thinking like the Bible and you're going to be on top of the world, not below it. Enemies always be below your feet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hallelujah. Okay, we're, we're traveling along today. Uh, let's go to the Old Testament once, once more and we're going to find the book of Joshua. And the book of Joshua, you want to find the 23rd chapter. Joshua chapter 23 and we will look at verses 7 and 8 that ye come not among the nations these that remain among you neither make mention of their name of their gods nor swear by them neither serve them nor bow yourselves unto them but cleave unto the Lord your God as you have done unto this day that, that cleaving also means to be steadfast we need to cleave unto God. Something there? Well, I'm looking at the next verse, and it says, mm -hmm, For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations, as for you no man has been able to withstand you to this day. You know, Jesus said, Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He has driven out demons and principalities and powers and made a show of them openly for you. It's already been done. They've already been shoved back. Don't, don't let them in. Hallelujah. That's exciting. You have, you know, I remember when the disciples came back and the biggest thing that, the thing that ministered to them the most was that the demons were afraid of them. That they had control over evil spirits. I want you to think about that. And Jesus knew all along they are nothing. I am going to completely spoil them and destroy them. Hallelujah. So if you're in a situation where something needs to be dealt with or doesn't seem to stop and the harassment keeps coming at you, you're going to have to take up the word of God and ram it down his throat. Amen. Seriously. Because, and you're going to have to remain steadfast in this, in this situation. And it will crumble. It will, it will leave when you go after it. You know, the Bible says we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We must remain steadfast in that and believe it. He doesn't like to hear about the blood. That, you know, the blood has not been taught like it should be for years, and it's going to be taught here this year, because that is the one thing that we've overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Hallelujah. Today we're receiving communion, which represents the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, we're looking at being steadfast. Turn with me now to the book of Acts once again. That's the book of Acts. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Acts chapter 11. Looking at verse 23. That's Acts 11, 23 from the Amplified. When he arrived and saw that grace, favor God was bestowing upon them, he was full of joy and was continually exhorted, warned, urged, and encouraged them to cleave unto and remain faithful and to and to and, and devote to the Lord with resolute and steady purpose of heart. We need to stay with the word. This coming year can have trials, may have trials, and we have to overcome them. So let's look to Romans chapter 8. 
Romans chapter 8. Did, it, did, did you notice how it talked about when he arrived and he saw with great favor what God was bestowing upon them, he was full of joy? Yep. That is so exciting. We want to make God full of joy. <laughs> Amen? Constantly. I'm sorry, honey. Go ahead. Uh, we're now uh, turning to the book of Romans, chapter 8. We will look at verses 38 and 39. From the Amplified, For I am persuaded, beyond doubt, am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things um, impending or threatening nor things to come or, nor powers nor height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow, there's a lot there that uh, it says will come against the believer but you overcome. You're staying with it. You're not being demeaned, you're not being pushed down, but you overcome these things. <laughs> Stay on course, whatever the cost. Should go up. Find out. If you're worried about it, read the end of the book. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes if you're reading a novel, sometimes I peek at the end, see, see what happens. You know, it's always, you know, it's a glorious thing. Some, the person prevails or, or, or you know, is made a conqueror. Well, read the end of the book. You, go, you may have to go through some stuff, but the end of the book says you've made it. You can rejoice in it. And the things that you do suffer, if you do suffer or endure things, is only for a fraction. It's like a vapor. I mean, go home and put the teapot on and let it blow some steam and watch where the vapor goes. It doesn't stay, it's gone. That's what our life is down here, gone. So those sufferings, those trials and tribulations are gone and you have eternity to rejoice in. Amen. Can I share this? Okay. This is, this is for somebody also several people in verse 34 who is there to condemn us will Christ Jesus the Messiah who died or rather who was raised from the dead who is at the right hand of God actually pleading as he intercedes for you he's not condemning you he is pleading and interceding for you who shall ever separate us from Christ's love Shall suffering and affliction and tribulation or calamity and distress or persecution or hunger or destitution or prevail or sword? Even as it is written, for thy sake we are put to death all the day long. We are regarded and counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. So if you feel that you're being condemned, that is not God. It says, yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory. So when all these things try to come at you, know that you are more than, it's not, it's not the Lord that's condemning you. You are more than a conqueror and gain a surpassing victory victory as you stand steadfast against these things. You've got to know what the word says about, about Jesus and what, what he's done and who he is and what he's doing for you continually. And when, when we know that, we can stand steadfast because we know he is not the condemner of us. He is constantly interceding for us. And we've been made more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory. If you learn anything today, learn that. Write that down and learn it. Whenever you feel like everything's coming against you, you can go back to the scripture and say, hey, wait a minute, you're off, enemy. 
I am a, I have gained a surpassing victory through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Stand on that word. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Looking at verse 58. That's the last verse of chapter 15. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Glory to God. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Now let's go to 2 Peter. We are living in the last days. Deception is running rampant. We need to know who we are. We need to be steadfast in the word. That's 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17. From the King James. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. So, we need to guard our hearts. Keep, keep being steadfast. Amen? Read that in the Amplified, baby. From the Amplified, uh, verse 17. Let me warn you, therefore, beloved, that knowing these things beforehand, you should be on your guard, lest you be carried away by the errors of lawlessness and wickedness, wicked persons and fall from your own present firm condition, your own steadfastness of mind. So if, you're not, if we're not being studious, keeping the word in our heart and mind, things will happen. Things can happen. It says you can be fall from your steadfast. Let's look at, uh, uh, back up to Philippians. This is a Philippians chapter 2. I will tell you, when you're, if you're walking in the Spirit, God will always warn you that something's about to take place. You'll just feel this, just this kind of beware thing. Yellow light or something. Okay, Philippians 2. That's Philippians chapter 2. We're, we're still talking about being steadfast. Look, let's look at this one. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. That's Philippians 2, verse 12 from the Amplified. Therefore, my dear ones, as ye have always obeyed my suggestions, so now, not only with enthusiasm, you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent. Work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling. trembling. Self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness of consciousness, watchfulness against temptations, timidity, shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Wow, that is heavy. So we need, you know, those are saying that we're under grace, we can do these things. It's, this, this verse is saying, watch out. Saying, it's telling us watch out because it's our salvation we're working. You are saved, but you can walk away. It says in Jude, let's turn to Jude. I want to do one more scripture there, if I could. Where did you stand while you're turning there? That was Philippians 2.12. But in Jude, look what it says in Jude. Uh, there's only one chapter, so we'll go to verse 12. Again, I'm going to read from the Amplified. These are hidden reefs, elements of danger in your love feasts, where they boldly feast scrumptiously, uh, carousing together in your midst with, without scrupulous providing themselves alone. They are clouds without water, swept along by the winds, trees without fruit at the late autumn, gathering time, twice doubly dead, lifeless, and plucked up by the roots. How can you be doubly dead? 
we're talking about a believer, when you come, well, let's go back all the way back, back to Adam and Eve. It says, uh, the Lord says, if you eat of that fruit, you're going to be dead. Okay, what he was talking about was being dead spiritually. Here, here it's talking about a believer who's alive, who was dead. He becomes alive unto God, but it says it's twice dead and it's thrown out. You can lose out. One can lose out if they're not holding on to the word. Deception will run, run rampant in these last days, and we've got to be steadfast on the word. And it is so sly that if you don't know the word, I mean, there's a teaching right out there right now on grace that is so off, but if people don't understand the word, they could be caught up in that so easily. Yeah, you can do anything you want, and, mm -hmm. and it's covered. Well, yes, the blood covers everything, but if, if you're not taking 1 John 1 9, what happens? They say you don't have to use 1 John 1 9 because you can continue to do it because the blood takes care of your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins. But if you're going to walk away from God and slap me in the face, I don't think it's going to work. I would rather be cautious than foolish. They're saying those that are cautious are under the law. Well, that's not under the law. That's being yielding to, to God. Because you can't say, well, you can't believe anything in the Old Testament. Because it's, you know, the Ten, ten, ten Commandments. Hey. Just be careful when you be hearing Just that. watch. Galatians chapter 5, looking at verse 1, it says, Stand fast, wherefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and not be entangled again. The grace that they're some people are talking about, you can do what you want, and it's going to be covered. It says, don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't fall back to the sin that, that you were delivered from. Ugh. Okay. Be steadfast, unmovable. Means that there's a possibility of falling away. Okay, stand fast in the liberty with which Christ has made us free. Be not entangled with the yoke of bondage. The carnal man must not be given a chance to arise up in us. Put him down. Go back to Philippians chapter 1. We're looking at verse 27. Let your conversation or lifestyle be as, as it becomes, becometh the gospel of Christ that whether I come to see you or else absent, that I might hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Hallelujah, stand for the faith of the gospel. Gospel. With an open heart. The gospel is there to open our eyes. Show us what we are doing wrong to change. In other words, discover, as you read the gospel, you'll discover things that you're lacking in life. The gospel needs to regulate our life. Boy, it's heavy today. Uh, you have anything here? Yeah. Okay, let's turn to First Peter then. First Peter chapter 5. I do, but that's okay. <laughs> and first, first Peter chapter 5, looking at verse 9. Whom resist steadfast in faith, knowing that the same afflictions were accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Stead, resist steadfast in faith. Hold on to your faith. Don't let it slip by. Glory to God, hallelujah. We got, what time we got? Oh, we got time. We got time. We have, I was going to go up to verse um, 7 in that, if I could. Verse 7, and 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, and he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. So he's saying... 
We need to take these things. You know, you might want to sit and write them down. Take them and cast them over onto him once and for all. If you have them written down, <clears throat> and you have a copy of it, and you say, on this day I did this, and you cast them over onto him, then it's a done deal. Don't take it back. That goes along with Galatians 5. And then it goes on to say, um, once and for all, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. When we read that earlier, Jesus is constantly interceding for us. So he's constantly watching over every one of us. When we get that concept, knowing that he is constantly watching over us, and he sent the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, then we can walk a much freer life, let me tell you, without concerning yourself about things that are a waste of time in our mind, I'll be honest with you, or try to cloud and, and mess up everything that God wants to do. All those thoughts towards us, if we can't get rid of this, then it's going to be there. And he says, be well-balanced, temperate, sober mind, vigilant, cautious at all times for the enemy of yours. The devil roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Withstand him. Be firm in faith against his onset. Against his onset. So the time to deal with this is not after he's gotten his foot in the door and the very onset of it. Okay, you've got to be steadfast and say, okay, if you've gone through something more than once, then you know it's an area that is a, um, has become a weakness because you didn't fight it off. And so you're going to have to build yourself up in the Word and deal with this thing, okay? And be steadfast in it and determine, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. So you, we realize that a lot of times, how many have ever gone through something and think that you're the only one? I've done Bible studies, especially the women's Bible studies, and asked, how many of you have gone through this this week and every hand's raised? And they all kind of look around at each other and go, whoa. That's why it says sometimes confess your faults one to another so you can help each other out. Thanks, honey, for letting me share that. Okay. Turn with me now to the book of Romans, chapter 4. Again, Very uh, good some, some uh, verses that we'll recognize. Talking about being steadfast. That's Romans chapter 4, looking at verse 20 and 21. From King James, and this is speaking of Abraham. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded... That what he had promised, he was able to perform. We need to be fully persuaded in God's word and promises. There can be no compromise on our part concerning God's word. Amen. No compromise. Okay, let's go to the book of Matthew real quick. And we will find the 22nd chapter. Uh, yes, 22nd chapter of Matthew. And we will go to the 21st verse. Verse 21. Matthew 22:21, From the King James. And they say unto him, Caesar's. Then he said unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, and unto God the things that are God. Wow. There should be no confusion. Don't bring the things of the world into the realm of God. He says there's a separation there. Again, God's word cannot be compromised, diluted, watered down, and then be expected to have God's results. <laughs> Revelation chapter 3 verse 16 says... When you compromise, you are lukewarm. In that area, yep. God says, I'd rather have you hot 
or cold than lukewarm. When you compromise, you are lukewarm in the things of God. And he'll spew us out of his mouth, he says. Wow, that's heavy. So we need to be steadfast. We should not be movable. And one more. We'll go to stay in the book of Matthew, chapter 5 this time. Matthew chapter 5, looking at verse 13. King James. Ye are a salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is there, uh, thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Wow, we need to be steadfast, in other words. You can't waver. Don't faint and give up. Let God's will come to pass in your life. Going back to uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, and Jeremiah 31, 17. It's there for our taking. Just follow God's plan. Don't faint and give up. For the Lord's word will come to pass. Be established on the word and you'll be, you'll, it'll all come to pass. Amen. Praise you, Father. Anything else? I'm just, um, just amazed at God because you didn't know what I was teaching on completely. He always amazes me. You know, I always think about <clears throat> he never said this was going to be a real rough road here if we would listen to him. You understand what I'm saying? I know the times that I've gotten in trouble or off, it's usually my doing. And um, praise God, we're going to receive communion, the blood and the body which represents the blood and the body. <clears throat> I don't think there's been enough teaching on the blood in the last 10 years in the body of Christ, and that's why we're not walking, not us, but the whole body of Christ is not walking in the authority that they have. Things are about to change. Hallelujah. You want to do the communion teaching? You want me to, or you want to? Hmm. How many have received in yet this year? Anyone? It's a good thing to take communion at your house. It's a good. Just even if it's just you and God. Amen? Put yourselves in remembrance. Why don't you do this, honey? Okay. You do it so much better. Okay. Okay, glory to God. Chapter 11. 1 Corinthians, we have uh, instructions um, by the Apostle Paul how we need to do this. And it says in verse 23, For I have received the Lord that which also he delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed and took bread. It's amazing that uh, on the night that could set people free. People just disregard anything and uh, betray the Lord. 
verse going on with verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup and went in up, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do is off as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Paul goes on, For as, as, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. Therefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lamb, or of the Lord. Verse 28 is something that we all need to do. But let a man or woman examine themselves so, so to let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily drinketh, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's bite. So we need to understand that we need to, before we take it, we need to look into our life, clean ourselves up, use 1 John 1, 9. There's something that, that we've done wrong, let's clean up between you and God. And then we can receive, receive the emblems and what the emblems do, especially on, on the bread emblems, is that's the healing of our body and, and our minds. Why have the enemy just keep on knocking on your mind with, with certain things when you can have it removed through the communion service? Okay, if I can help the, my, those who are going to help come forward at this time. I think there's excitement in heaven. Every time the communion is given forth, I think the excitement is in Jesus because he knows that the tables are set. The cup, cups are set. The bread is set. He says, it's just a matter a little more time. When my body comes, my bride comes together. We'll participate together. So, Father, we're praising you, and we're just giving you thanks for the opportunity to do as Jesus said, to take this bread and this cup in remembrance of him. The bread, Father God, represents his beaten, bruised body, taking all sickness and disease, giving us the opportunity, Father God, to walk in excellence of health, to have a clear mind. So, Father, we receive this bread, a token of his love for us, in Jesus' name. As you look to the cup, it is here where we defeat the enemy by the blood. We thank you, Father, for the plan of salvation and for Jesus carrying it out and shedding his blood that we become cleansed through his blood that we can be part of the family of God. We'll receive this cup now in Jesus' name. Pastor did a sermon. Actually, he did it twice. One time he did it when all the churches gathered together. But he talked about when Jesus walked over the Brook Kidron where all the blood of all the sacrificed animals was flowed just so thickly. And he walked over to into the garden knowing that 
there would not have to be animal's blood shed any longer, but it was going to be his blood once the, the, la, the, the sacrifice for the world. And I can, you know, the Lord gave me, as we were partaking, a picture of that blood that just flowed so freely from all those sheep. And, and I, I, I could see it. And there, there's a song, The Blood That Jesus Shed For Me. I'd try to sing it, but I won't. Way back at Calvary. And I thought about that as he walked over that and he saw that blood and he knew that his blood was the blood that would cover the sin once and for all. And as Pastor was reading the scripture, that was the, the last thing he, he did was partake with them. said, this is my blood, this is my body. And, and then he said, I won't partake again till we're together. And that is so powerful. When we get to heaven during that seven years, the, the, the marriage supper, the lamb, and the things that are going to go on are so very, it's beyond anything we can comprehend. So every time you take communion, think about that, or not every time, but whenever you, you know, your thoughts go to that, how his, it was his blood, all that blood that was flowing, because they had to have a place for it to go. And he walked over, looked down, and I can just imagine him thinking, that's not needed anymore. I am the sacrificial lamb of God, whose blood will cover people who, through me, they will come through and they will be saved, healed, delivered, prosperous, everything through his blood, through the atonement. That is so powerful. Thank you for your sermon today. It was very good. I don't know if you want to add to that, but it was so good. Thank you. Let's all stand. Once again, welcome to 2014, our first Sunday service. There's a few more to go. And believing that uh, things are going to open up for each and every one of you as you set your sights on your goals and dreams, confident in God's going to fulfill those dreams this year. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. I thank you, Lord, that we are reminded to be steadfast upon the word, that your word will not go void, but will accomplish that which you've sent it. I thank you, Lord, you sent your word to heal us and deliver us from all destruction, that we might become true children of God. And everyone said, Amen.